0: So we are celebrating our one-year anniversary, our first birthday. We can't believe what God has done through Radiate. And as we get ready to enter into the next year, we have a theme. And the theme for next year entering in is called Next Level. And that next level is giving praise for what is preparing for what's to come, our theme for the for the entire month is next level, and, and as as we prepare for that, uh, um, all this month our message will be central. Messages will be centralizing on that theme. We'll hear from different speakers and ministers who will bring the word for us, sharing what God has revealed to them, as we get ready to go to the next level. Today, as we open up the month, we want to focus in on the foundation for that next level. It reminds me of the work that is needed. that was needed as we were preparing for Radiate. So a lot of you guys don't know, before Radiate even started, there was a lot of preparation that happened. In fact, uh, the month of May 2020, in the middle of quarantine, my wife and I were in discussion. We're like, yeah, we, we really need to have some sort of uh, ministry or service that speaks to the people that are living in Rockland County and the surrounding areas, but have felt you know, forgotten, marginalized, put on the outskirts, neglected. And we had that conversation in May. And then before we knew it, by the time we got to the summertime, we were having conversations with good people about what it would look like if we started a ministry here. So from late May through the summer months, I mean, we created a proposal, budgets, going before the church board, having discussions with people that were coming on board to support, having a team, having dry runs for what our service would look like, all these things that would take place. All these things happened before the first service. So by the time September 20th, 2020 rolled around of last year, when we came to the first service, it felt like everything had fallen into place. I remember that first service And my wife and I, when we finished, we left on 10. Because it was like, yo, look what God started. Like, look at the, like, it wasn't the finished product because Radiate would keep going. But look at everything that happened behind the scenes to prepare for the moment, which would create an environment where God would show up. And let me tell you, no one saw everything that happened behind the scenes. No one really had a clue, except for myself and my wife, about what needed to take place. All they saw was the final product that first morning, September 20th, 2020. And while the final product was great and stellar and we loved it and it was an opportunity for us to grow, the steps that were laid before that product, the setup was just as important and can't be ignored. And that brings us to the title of today's message. It's called The Setup Preparing for the Moment Before the Moment. Think about setup in terms of something else that everyone knows. We're going to use an example. We're going to use meal prep. Ah. How many of you meal prep on a Sunday? If you're at home, raise your hand. I used to meal prep on Sundays, and then it just got really crazy. Uh, I, I, I stopped meal prepping, my wife and I. Um, but meal prepping when you're on a fitness journey is really, really important, and you know this. Meal prep is the setup for your meals through the week. Do you eat your meals well? should you eat your meals right away when you're meal prepping, right? No. Those meals are set up and saved so that way during the course of the week you can eat from that and have food set aside. There's a psychology to that actually. They say if you know what you are going to eat ahead of time you are less likely to eat something that is unhealthy or binge eat when it comes time for you to actually sit down and take a meal in. But while preparation is important for meal prepping and fitness, preparation is important for every and any aspect of your life. That element of preparing or setting up for the beginning of the week, you can take that into any arena of your life. Now, you're going to think I'm a little crazy. Uh, if you ask my wife, she will tell you, I have like five-year plans for everything. I'm always thinking five or ten years ahead. What are the steps that need to take place here, this way, that way, blah, 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 et etc. Et I'm always thinking ahead because I want to be prepared for the moment. I want to be ready for when the time is right that I'm ready to do what I need to do. Right? There's no surprises, or I'm ready for surprises. I like to be prepared. And we have to be the same way in not only all areas of our life, but in our spiritual life as well as God prepares to take us to the next level. So let's jump into something. Let's jump into the first point for today. Preparation takes place well before your moment or the moment comes. As you move into the next plane, the next arena, the next level of where God is taking you, you must also recognize that being prepared comes before being in place. Let me say that one more time. Being prepared comes before being in place. Let's go back to the scripture just to understand young David a little bit. You see, when we meet David, Before we get to chapter 17, you go to chapter 16. And when we first meet David, he is with his father, Jesse, and his brothers. And the prophet Samuel comes and approaches Jesse, his dad, in search of the new king of Israel. Now, Jesse has a bunch of sons. I think the Bible tells us that he has four sons. So when Jesse comes up and when Samuel approaches Jesse and says, one of your sons is going to be king of Israel, Jesse says, I bet, let me go get my sons. Naturally, he starts with the eldest son. He brings the eldest son before Jesse. Uh, before Samuel, Samuel says, "No, nah, that's the God tells Samuel, no, that's not him." Then Jesse gets his second son, brings him before Samuel. Uh, God says to Samuel, "No, nah, that's not him." Jesse go gets his third son, brings him before Samuel, and Samuel says, "No." Uh, God says to Samuel, "No, that's not him." And at this point, Samuel's like, "God, we just ran through all of his sons. I only see three sons here." Jesse say, uh, Samuel says, Jesse. Is there one more son that you have? And Jesse says, yes, my son David is actually out in the field tending to sheep. At that point, Jesse summons David. Now Jesse did not suspect that David was gonna be the king. Samuel didn't even know that that David had existed. No one expected that David, the last son, will be king. And it's interesting. When we meet David, he is doing something that no one is really paying any mind to. He's out in the field, taking care of the flock, protecting them from the forces of nature, learning the landscape, defending himself and sheep, Against enemy whether those enemy be man or that enemy be Beasts you see David is already putting in the work David was putting his effort and his time out of the sight of everybody else Almost to the point where David was forgotten Little did David know that the experience but the experience that he would have in the shadows would be exactly what he would need when God called him to step into the moment. Now when we jump to chapter 17 and David is, 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 uh, is anointed as the next king of Israel, chapter 17, we meet something and we see something interesting. We see that David is going out to the, uh, the, the, the uh, battlegrounds where his brothers... His three brothers are at war for the kingdom of Israel against the Philistine army. And when we know about the Philistine army, is this Philistine army and the Philistine people were people that were set out to be a thorn in the side of the people of Israel. You know that person that no matter what, they just aggravate you? They just aggie? No matter what you do, They got something to say. They're like that fly that's buzzing around in your ear. They're always trying to do something to be bigger than you, to be badder than you. That that was the Philistine people over the Israelite people. And in that camp of the Philistine people was Goliath. The Bible tells us that Goliath was over nine feet tall. He was a tremendous warrior and soldier. He was also a menace. He knew that he was big and bad. And he, he, he trash-talked because he knew he could back it up. And attached to Goliath was this promise. You ready? Listen to the promise that Goliath said. Basically, on the battlefield, he was taunting the rest of the army. and He said, y'all can't beat me. So guess what? If one of y'all, just one, can come and fight me, and you're able to beat me, our people, the Philistine people, will bow before the people of Israel and become your servants. But if I beat one of y'all, y'all will bow to us. This was an all or mo- nothing moment for the people of Israel. They, 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 there was so much at stake, so much on the table, and it was embodied, capitalized, by this huge, terrifying monster that stood before them. What does the Bible tell us in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 11? Listen to what it says. Saul and the whole army of Israel heard the Philistine what the Philistines said, and they were terrified. So how does David get in the picture? David gets sent to bring food to his brothers who are at war. And as David goes to give food to his brothers, he hears everything that's going down with the Philistine army. And David is kind of perplexed. He's like, what's going on here? How? Who is this dude that's talking all this trash? Mind you, I think the Bible says that at this point, David is between the age of 14 and 17 years old, if I am correct. Could be mistaken, but he's somewhere around that age. The Bible says that he was a young man, a young boy. So, so He sees the Israelite people and the fear in their eyes. And he's confused. Are y'all really afraid of this guy knowing that we serve the almighty God? And David decides that he's going to step up to the plate. Listen to what David says in verse 32 of chapter 17. He says this. Don't let anyone lose hope because of that Philistine. I'll go out and fight him. Woo! Young boy David. I'm picturing David was probably my height, maybe like 5'7". Stop it, all right? Don't be disrespectful wherever you're at. I'm maybe 5'7", but in, in my mind, I'm 6'2". Anyways, David must have been a small boy, and he was going against this man who was the most terrifying figure in all of the land. But listen to what David says in his response and why he's going to approach Goliath. Listen in in verse 34 through 37. I've been taking care of my father's sheep. Sometimes a lion or a bear would come and carry off a sheep from the flock. Then I would go after it and hit it. I would save the sheep it was carrying from its mouth. If it turned around to attack me, I would grab its hair. I would strike it down and kill it. In fact, I have killed both a lion and the bear. I will do the same thing to this Philistine. He isn't even circumcised. He has dared the armies of the living God to fight him. The Lord saved me from the paw of the lion. He saved me from the paw of the bear. He will save me from the powerful hand of this Philistine too. You see let, let's 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 focus in on this ready you hear this ready take it in God prepares us behind the scenes so that we can be ready when the times come you see God had placed all the right things in David's path all the right tools all the right experiences so when David came face to face With his moment, he knew what could happen because God had already done it before. God had met David in the midst of danger and uncertainty before. God gave him power and might before. God delivered him out of the hands of enemies before. This led to the fact that when the time was right, David would be ready for the moment I'm reminded of Jesus' parable of the 10 bridesmaids in Matthew chapter 25. You see, there are 10 bridesmaids that are waiting for the groom. Now, the 10 bridesmaids are in in, in this Jewish custom. uh, There were 10 bridesmaids that would accompany the bride and the groom, correct? And and these bridesmaids were responsible for holding these lamps. This is what is understood during the Jewish uh, ceremony of marriage. Five of these bridesmaids had purchased extra oil for these lamps so they can run a little bit longer, while five of these other bridesmaids failed to get extra oil. They were just going off of what they had. The bridegroom is delayed, and finally, after waiting for a while, the groom finally shows up. The ones who had gone and got the oil, once the groom showed up, They were ready to go, they were ready to move. Let's go, it's time to do what we need to do. We're ready to move forward. The ones that failed to get the oil weren't ready and missed out on their opportunity. They missed out on the next thing, on the next level because they weren't prepared. Let me say this to you today, and I want to make sure that you grab this. No matter who you are, no matter where you're going through, no matter what level or stage that you are in with God, God is setting you up for something. It's not a matter of it, if, it is a matter of when. But when the time comes, will you be prepared? Huh? Will you be ready? Huh? The victories of your life, the experiences of your life, the ups, the downs, the defeats, the joys, the disappointment, all the things that play into who you are, God wants for you to use those things so that when the time comes, when when, when the time comes for you to move to that next place, you're ready. Will you be ready? Will you be prepared like David, like those bridesmaids, Think about where you are right now in your life. If God were taking you to that next level, would you be prepared? Have you prepared yourself to go to that next place with God? Something that's also very interesting as we go to the next place with God is this. Ready? Listen. As we go to the next level with God, there will always be naysayers. hmm I know that struck a chord with somebody. There will always be naysayers. There's always going to be people who say no. There's always going to be people who say, nah, it can't be done. There's always going to be people who don't see what you see. There's going to be people who don't believe what you believe. There's going to be those that talk you down. There's going to be those who get trapped within the circumstances or the details of what they know. Oh, what stands right in front of them. Let's take a look really quickly one more time at chapter 17, verse 33. Remember, David says in verse 32, don't worry, I got this. I'm going to go and take care of this Philistine. And listen to what Saul, the king of Israel, says next. Ready? Ready? Saul replied, you aren't able to go there and fight that Philistine. You are too young. He's been a warrior ever since he was a boy. Let me make sure you understand what's happening there. Ready? The king of Israel, Saul, is the commander of the Israelite army. Everybody else is scared to go and and fight Goliath. And now David steps up to the plate and Saul the king of Israel, is the one who tries to shut it down, who says that he can't do it. No one else wants to do it. Nobody else wants to be there. No one else wants to give it a shot. And the one guy that says, I'm ready to take this on, the king says, you're not the one. You you can't do this. I don't know if what Saul's motive was, I don't know if Saul was trying to throw shade at David because he was a young boy. I don't know if Saul was worried that if David lived up to the moment that he would be overlooked and forgotten about by the people of Israel. I don't know if Saul was actually worried genuinely for David's safety. But the fact still remains that King Saul, the one who was supposed to lead David, support David, be there for David, was the one telling him no. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound like something that we've that you might have been through? Right? You see the moment and you are prepared and you're ready to tackle it and you believe and you and, and you're about to jump right in it and someone maybe someone who's supposed to support you. Someone who's supposed to push you. Someone who's supposed to propel you to walk next to you is the person that's telling you, no, you can't do this. You you aren't built for this. You don't have enough experience. You're too young or you're too old. There are people that are better than you. This is not your time. Too often we let the words of others who don't know, who don't understand, who don't see what God is doing, or fail to understand what God is capable of, and they discourage us and distract us from going to that next level. Oftentimes, we end up saying, you know, maybe, maybe that person is right. Maybe that person, maybe they're hitting on something That that I don't understand. Maybe there's something that that they see that I don't see. And instead of stepping forward with that preparation, we take a step back. And the words of that person becomes the thing that kicks us off the journey to the next stage. But let me tell you something. Ready? Stay with me here. Walk with me. I'm going to tell you something about naysayers. Ready? Listen up. Naysayers are actually a part of your preparation. Be ready for them. That's a word for somebody who's listening today. People who tell you no are actually a part of your preparation. They're a part of you getting ready to go to the next level. Those who don't believe, those who cast doubt, those who throw shade, those who don't support you, They may not be a part of your journey, but they are part of the preparation for your next level and your next step. Sometimes you actually need that person. The one who's trying to throw shade or rain on your parade in order to dig deep and remember what God is capable of and what God has called you to. To remind yourself that you aren't doing it on your own strength. Now let's take a look at what at what Jacob's uh, excuse me, what David says in verse 37. Listen to this, y'all. The Lord saved me from the paw of the lion, he saved me from the paw of the bear, and he'll save me from the powerful hand of this Philistine, too. You see, in the moment where someone told him no, David was able to say, You're wrong. It's actually a yes because of God. Because of my experience of what God has already done. Because of what God has already brought me through. I know what will be. And I know how I'm going to come out on the other side. That naysayer was a part of, of David's preparation. A place where David could be reminded that even when man says no. Because of my experience with God, I know that it's going to be a yes. This is for somebody listening. And your faith in God will silence those naysayers. Mm. Listen to the next step. Listen to that same verse. The next part. Right after David says to, 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 to Saul, I know what God has done because of what he's done for me before. He's going to do it for me right now, right here. Listen to what Saul says. Saul says, go. And may the Lord be with you. You see, when you tell people, God got me, and it's God who's put me on this path, and it's God who's prepared me, your haters can't say nothing to you. Those who don't believe, they don't got a rebuttal. They sound stupid if they say, God don't know what he's talking about. No, God knows exactly what he's talking about because you've been there with God already. Your naysayers don't mean a thing when it comes to what God has already done and where He's gonna take you. Can I get an amen, somebody? So let me tell you something. Don't be threatened by the challenge, run towards it. Ooh, that's for somebody this morning. I can't know, I don't know if you can tell. I'm hyped by this word this morning. Don't be threatened by the challenge, by the giant that stands before you. Run right towards it. Many times we approach a challenge and when we approach it, we get nervous, we get scared, we get anxious, we get frightened. Uh, My my eldest daughter, Ava, she's a pretty brave kid. She's really, really brave. But sometimes she gets afraid, especially What we've learned is near bodies of water. She wasn't like this before. When she was a baby, like up to like 18 months, she would see water, she would jump in it, play in it, be ready for it, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Then all of a sudden, like, she's skittish around water now. And and, and, and as she got older, I wonder if something clicked in her head. This is a lot of water. I'm not able to jump into this. I'm not able to swim through this. This doesn't feel safe to me. This feels like it's gonna end up really bad for me and it feels like I'm not gonna get through this. What's crazy is even at times where I'm holding my arms out and I'm like, come jump in, dad, I got you, don't worry. She's like, "Mm mm-mm, no, and she's cute. She goes, "Mm, I think I'm gonna stay over here sometimes. (laughs) That's just her. How many times do we end up here just like my daughter? In a similar place where we, like Saul and the army of Israel, get immobilized because of what stands in front of us. The challenge, the giant of what lies ahead seems daunting, too heavy, even catastrophic for us to face head on. Maybe it's because we are fearful of not living up to the moment. Maybe it's because we think that if we do this, we're going to lose everything. Maybe it's because we don't want to be embarrassed in the face of other people. Ultimately, that threat of the challenge causes us to move backwards. But when faced with a challenge, don't be like Saul. Be like David. Let me say that one more time. When you are faced with a giant, with a giant of a mountain, of a challenge, of a circumstance, of whatever it is, don't be like Saul. Be like David. You see in verse 41, Goliath begins to taunt David, threatening him, making fun of him. The Bible even tells us that Goliath is advancing towards David listen to what David says in verse 45 to verse 48 as Goliath is approaching him David says you are coming to the fight to fight against me with a sword a spear and a javelin but I am coming against you in the name of the Lord who rules over all he is the god of the armies of Israel he is the one who you have dared to fight against. This day the Lord will give me the victory over you. He'll, I'll strike you down. I'll cut off your head. This day I'll feed, your bodies of the, feed the bodies of the Philistines army to the birds and wild animals. Then the whole army will know there is a God in Israel. The Lord doesn't rescue people by using a sword or a spear. And everyone here will know it. The battle belongs to the Lord. He will hand all of you over to us. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, listen to David. David ran quickly to meet him at the battle line. Do y'all pick up what, listen to what David did. David gives us a beautiful example of what we need to do when we get ready to run towards the enemy, that challenge, that giant. You picked up on it? He does two things. As David approaches Goliath, he A, declares the power of the Lord, and then B, he moves and acts in alignment with that power. You hear that? He, you hear him as he's walking, and he says, I am coming against you in the name of the Lord who rules over all. He is the God of the armies of Israel, and he will give me the victory. He declared the power and victory that he had, not in himself, but in in God. And then secondly, he runs towards Goliath. He runs towards the challenge, after declaring that he is gonna win. He doesn't sit down. He gets up and he rushes towards the very enemy that challenges him. Promotion never occurs if we choose to disengage from the fight. Let me say that one more time. And let me use another example. If you're working at your job, If you you have the attitude of, man, I hate this job. I'm, I'm just gonna do what I need to do to get by. Are you ever gonna get promoted? No! But even if you can't stand your job, if you work really, really hard, and you give it your best bet, and you come prepared every day, and you meet each day head on, and you work hard, even if you dislike where you are at, You allow for yourself to get the possibility of being promoted because you've engaged yourself in the challenge. Too often, we try to activate God and we say, God, I declare and I decree that I'm going to have the victory, that I'm prepared. And we do nothing with that preparation. We sit down in our place and we think that we're going to come over. We think that we're going to overcome when actually you need to run towards the challenge and take it head on David relies on what God has already done in his life and he runs towards a challenge Lana what do you mean by what God has already done what does the Bible say the Bible says actually in the next verse as he rushes towards him that David gets the sling and the stones the very same sling and the very same stones that he used to kill the what to kill the lion and to kill the bear the very same stones the very same skills That God gave him, that he was using when he was in the field all by himself. He was also using when it was time for him to meet the enemy, Goliath, face to face on the battlefield. He didn't use the armor that someone else tried to give him. You see, there's other times where we try to use something else. That people have done, skills from other people, the armor of other people, the attributes of other people, instead of standing in the preparation that God has given us when it's time for us to walk forward and stand and be ready for the fight, David used what God had already used in the past to be able to defeat the enemy of the present. Let me tell you something God has already given you the tools, God has already given you the wisdom, God has already given you the ability to step up to the plate he has prepared you for this very moment maybe it's the education that you've received maybe it's the experiences that you've had in god maybe it's the skills maybe skills that you were born with or skills that you've grown over time maybe it's the victories maybe it's even the defeats do you know that god teaches us something and we learn things in our pain and in the defeats just like we learn in the victories maybe it's it's, it's a different amount of things that have happened but god has given you The very thing you need to overcome. Just like David had that sling, God has prepared you for the moment right here and right now. Run towards the enemy, not away from it. You see, as we close, this message hits pretty hard for me today. Uh, I I had a chance to share this with our core RADIATE team uh, this week and with my wife. About a month ago, as COVID was really starting to be COVID, and it ramped up, I was walking through the church on a Sunday morning, and the worship team was practicing, and I was like, oh, worship's about to be dope, and I was ready to preach the word. I'm like, oh, the word's about to be dope, and I got hit with discouragement right then and there, and I was like, God, like, God, come on, like, why, like, why, why, why now? Why COVID now? Like, we thought that Radiate would, more people would be coming and people wouldn't be afraid to come to church, but people haven't come yet. Like, what have we done wrong? We're trying to do everything right, but what's up here? And God stopped me in my tracks and he said, literally this is what he said to me. You are exactly where I need you to be. Everything that you've done, everything that you are doing, is the foundation for the next step. And when I am ready, when things are ready to go to the next level, you will be prepared because of everything that you are doing in this season. So stick with it. And I walked away from that time and I said, you know what, God? I'm just going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. And immediately I felt refreshed and rejuvenated because God said, stick with it. Today, as you prepare, whatever it is you are preparing for, as God prepares to take you to that next level, listen, stick with it. I know it's hard. I know you're in the shadows. Stick with it because when the time is right and God calls you to that next season, that next plane that next level, that next area, you will be ready just like David was ready in the moment.